What's up, guys, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Our first question comes from Josiah Arambide, who asks if Maul knew about Order 66. I thought this was timely, since uh, we just got the trailer, finally. And I talked a lot about Maul's little speech and was kind of conjecturing, like, oh, do you think he knows about Order 66 and the Clone Wars and the true intent and stuff? And after I put the video out, I was like, there's a line in like season five about the Clone Wars and Maul's like, oh, so it started without me. Hmm. So yeah, I think he does know. <laughs> do you th- do you think that Palpatine just straight up told him his plan or did he think he figured it out? That's what I wonder is like, I Palpatine's so cagey is I don't know uh, how much Maul knew. Like he absolutely knew that the Clone Wars were coming. Mm-hmm. Um so does he know about Order 66? I think it's likely. Uh, if he knew that Palpatine was manufacturing a war, I think he probably knew why and would have been fully on board with the destruction of the Jedi. Yeah, I, I don't think he knew the specifics of everything because I don't see Palpatine confiding in him like that. But Yeah, like I, I don't know if he knew that, okay, there's chips in these clones' heads and I'm going to issue Order 66. Yeah. I, I think... Maybe Maul just knew uh, we're building to something, and at the end of the Clone Wars, the Jedi will be destroyed. Or maybe I think this speech that he's giving is probably going to tell all. I guess maybe that is making me think that yeah, he knows uh, that <laughs> he says the Jedi and the Republic are about to fall. So I think he knows some specifics. I mean, he's also very dramatic. He sure is. He just has speeches like that. So I, if if you only have one half, I think you have to compensate with drama. Yeah. Rick Villanueva wants to know what we liked and didn't like about the Duel of Fates script. So the the leaked Colin Trevorrow, Trevorrow uh, <laughs> script. Right. I still haven't read all of the bullet points. I kind of skimmed them when it first came out. Uh, I'm not all that interested in it honestly i mean i didn't love the rise of skywalker but i don't know part of me is like if what if i really like <laughs> the colin trevorrow script and then i'll just be mad yeah th- i mean like, that's what honestly like what a lot of people's reactions were but i from what i have looked into uh there's some stuff that sounds really cool like uh kylo was going to fight vader and like a Mm -hmm. vision similar to luke's i think that's a really neat idea going back to coruscant would have been very nice even just seeing it (laughs) but that there's like a big battle on coruscant is very cool uh but a big sticking point for me would have been that not only does ben die uh but he dies not redeemed Mm -hmm. that would have bummed me out even more and it's hard to say how much it would have bummed me out But then it's also like, this is just, I'm reading bullet points of a first draft of a script doesn't necessarily mean that I would have disliked it in the movie. So it's just hard to actually quantify these things. Yeah. And I didn't read a lot into it either because I, when I first heard about it, I was like, this has got to be fake, right? And then I kept seeing more and more and more people talk about it and that it was real. And I was like, okay, well, I mean stories like early drafts of movies like this they change all the time so i don't know i just i I didn't want to look into it a whole lot because 
the movie we got is the movie we got, and there's no point in getting upset over a leaked script of what could have been. Right. Like, it, it feels like... I'm I'm sure I'm going to read it sooner or later. So it, it just right now feels to me like, oh, that sounds like unnecessary stress <laughs> <laughs> that, that would probably make me feel bummed out or mad or something. And it's like, mm, I don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're still sorting out our feelings about the actual movie. Right. And we're still talking about you know, what happened and what we think of it and how it ties the whole saga together. And I don't, yeah, I don't need that extra stress in my life. Yeah, but (laughs) there are some, from what I've read, definitely some cool ideas. It feels more fan service-y, but I do tend to be kind of a sucker for fan service. I mean, the idea that they would do stuff on Mortis is surprising Mm -hmm. uh and would have been very cool to see so yeah there there are definitely pros and cons ryan laboring asks the tie fighters were tracking the falcon through hyperspace while it was light speed skipping you know that's something that like in the excitement of the movie i didn't even really notice or question (laughs) after the fact i was like oh yeah they have hyperspace tracking but at the time i was just like fun chase scene ooh, through hyperspace Mm -hmm. and like i kind of forgot that you're not supposed to be able to track through hyperspace but that these tie fighters can now or i guess maybe hyperspace tracking has progressed to the point where uh an a-class process can be in (laughs) a tie fighter and not a star destroyer Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool and again like this is when i think the rise of skywalker had its coolest stuff is when it actually took what was established in The Last Jedi and built on it. Mm-hmm. it. It worked really well. But then, and I'm thinking like, okay, well then what's the point of light speed skipping if they can still just track you through every move? A, it looks cool. <laughs> B, it provides you a lot of shots in the trailers for people to be like, what is going on here? Like, there's too many locations. Yeah. Oh, they're only there for two seconds. And I guess it's it's there to then cause Poe to look like a bad boy and to be and for Ray to like shake her finger at him like you shouldn't do that it's dangerous I think I mean the purpose I guess would be what happens in the movie is like you destroy all the TIE fighters because they can't keep up and they're not as good of a pilot as you are Uh, I think it's like just one of those kind of reckless Han Solo things that is ill-advised, but people can't keep up with you, so you'll eventually <laughs> leave them all in the dust. <laughs> Kevin Dragos wants to know how Ben Solo got to Exegol in a standard TIE fighter. Okay, now we're getting into the like <laughs> nitty-gritty, uh-huh. picking, right. picking at little stuff. So yeah, a lot of people, uh, and even I at first, the first time we saw it, I f- didn't see the TIE fighter, or it just slipped my mind, and I was like, how did he even get to Exegol? There was a TIE fighter. He took it from the Death Star wreckage to Exegol, but TIE fighters aren't supposed to have hyperdrives, so how did that happen? This, to me, feels like another one of those things where I'm like, hey, a simple talk with the story group would have maybe brought this up. So now (laughs) we have to just guess that I suppose this was maybe a prototype uh, TIE fighter. Maybe it was like one of the first ones that Moff Gideon has. The the Outland tie, I think, with the foldy wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the, maybe that has a hyperdrive in it. 
but what stuck in my mind, I was like, wouldn't it have been cool, though, if he took Darth Vader's TIE Advanced? Like, that has a hyperdrive in it. That would have been kind of neat if uh, Ray flew Luke's, Luke's X-Wing. X-Wing. Well, where would he have found it, though? I, I guess. I assume it's in the Death Star somewhere. Maybe. I mean, All that I guess stuff's he... pretty wrecked, like, literally. I mean, he got, he got a TIE fighter. Yeah. So, like, and Vader shows up in an Imperial <laughs> shuttle and all, but I could have accepted that, yeah, there's a TIE advanced on board, and maybe it wasn't Vader's, but it still <laughs> would have been, A, it would have solved the hyperdrive problem. B, I think it would have been cool to have Ben fly Anakin's old fighter. And then are we to assume that he just, did he have the... The wayfinder? The, the, tri- the triangle, as I lovingly call it. <laughs> the not holocron? Yeah. Uh, no, he didn't. Ray so, had it, but so I guess... So he just remembered how to get there. Right. Like, you go somewhere enough times, <laughs> I guess you don't need the coordinates anymore. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's his father in him. It's a good pilot. He remembers the way. Yeah. <laughs> Alex McAteer asks if the Zepho and Fallen Order 2 could tie into the High Republic era. So Fallen Order 2 has not been confirmed yet, but we're assuming it's happening. It it better happen. And the the Zepho are the... Ancient, force-using, mysterious race that you learn about throughout the game. Uh, And then at the end, they say that they went off into the void or the great unknown or something, which I assume means the unknown regions. Uh, So, yeah, I think that there's a chance for... Uh, the Zepho to play a part in uh, Project Luminous or the High Republic. Again, this is all rumored stuff, but there is talk of the Jedi going out into the Unknown Regions and they could encounter any number of things, including the surviving Zepho. I also like the idea that Fallen Order 2 could tie into the High Republic because maybe as you continue to explore ruins and stuff, they're related to the High Republic. Mm-hmm. Or... Fallen Order 2 might not pick up Cal's story. It might be set in the High Republic. That's what I'm thinking. Because if if the next phase, or whatever we want to call it, uh, is going to be set in the High Republic, and they're saying it's going to be stories not only told in books, but also comics and maybe the video game, I think it would be cool if the whole game was set in that time if that's the direction that they're going. Right. And yeah, that's uh, the the initial rumor about Project Luminous and the High Republic said that there would be a game. Uh, people have confirmed that, uh, or at least heard whisperings. Jordan Mason, friend of the channel, yeah, uh, he recently said that he's heard some stuff about it. So uh, no specifics, but it, it could be anything. I want to just assume that any video game that's in development right now is a Fallen Order sequel. Just like I want, as long as something is coming. Yeah. If it is a High Republic thing and Cal's not in it, I'm cool. I just love the engine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it could be anything. But I do think that whether or not it's a Fallen Order game, it sounds like we are getting a Project Luminous High Republic game. Hopefully soon. And I, I... Do you think the idea of the Zepho and like these ancient beings, it makes sense for them to come back around if we're going to go back in time to the High Republic era? And I've said many times before, I'm just a sucker for ruins. And like also, whether you're seeing 
a familiar place that's now fallen into ruin, or you're going back in time and seeing some ruins that are now like at the height of their power. Maybe we'll see just the planet, Zepho, and the Zepho are on it, and we'll see all those temples and stuff, but now they're like still in use. Maybe we'll see the ruins from Batu. Sure. That we learn about in Black Spire. Yeah. I think that would so be So cool. many ruins to explore. <laughs> That's it for patron questions. If you're a patron and you didn't see your question answered here, just head over to Patreon where we left you a written response. If you're not a patron, you can learn more by following the link in the description. Just a dollar a month will get you access to extra Star Wars Explained content like audio commentaries for the films. And this week, we put out a new film commentary, kind of. Uh, kind of. Well, we're, we're right, right now we're out of theatrically released films. We have to wait until The Rise of Skywalker comes out. Uh, so we did the Ewok adventure, Caravan of Courage, uh, and we had two friends on. Um, yeah, we had some special guests. Yeah, because we wanted to make other people watch it. And like, <laughs> honestly, I do like have very fond memories of the Caravan of Courage, but it was uh, a fun time kind of laughing along with some of the goofiest live action Star Wars that exists. This is probably the most lively and entertaining commentary that we've done so far so if you can get your hands on the movie and you're a patron you want to watch along i highly recommend it (laughs) it was a lot of fun drinks were shared laughs were had (laughs) and that's available (laughs) right now if you're interested on to youtube questions chad stilson asks if palpatine was able to come back to life thanks to night sister magic i thought that was an interesting idea uh and one that i don't dislike I mean, they have experience with bringing back the dead, which I think he points out in his question. Uh, And yeah, he wasn't all the way back. Some of his fingers were missing and stuff. He also has a relationship with the Night Sisters, although I wouldn't call it a good one. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe he learned something from them. I'm not fully opposed to that explanation. Like if we have to accept that, okay, Palpatine's back. That seems like a a fun, a more interesting explanation than just like, I had a clone and I moved my brain into it. Well, I don't know. Something about this makes me feel like this is going to, this is making Night Sister magic less special. Like that's Mm. their thing. I want it to stay their thing. I mean, we get that one quick line in The Rise of Skywalker about ancient Sith magic. Cloning. Boom. Boom. There's your answer. (laughs) Ancient Sith magic. Uh, Dark secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Just so vague. Yeah. And it's vague, but hey, we don't really know much canon stuff about ancient Sith magic. Maybe we'll find out one day. uh, Doubtful, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was some stuff with Palpatine where he basically took Mother Talzin under his wing and was like, I'll teach you stuff if you teach me stuff. And she taught him stuff. And he was like, bye. (laughs) So even if he didn't use straight up Night Sister magic... Maybe he learned something. And it does make sense for a Sith to be like, hey, teach me how you do that raising the dead thing. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they built off of that. So I, I'm, I'm, I like that better than like the Legends explanation. Oh, just cloning? Yeah, there's yeah. a clone and I moved my consciousness into that clone. And I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot of tubes and cables involved. And yeah. I don't know. There's Maybe it's a little bit of cloning, a little bit of Sith magic. A little, little bit of column A, a little column B. Just just call it movie magic mm. and move on. <laughs> the Golden Ticket wants to know if Zepho, Malachor, Jeddah, and Octo could all be High Republic-era locations. I would so love that. So many ruins. I would love that. 
Yeah, uh, so Malachor, that one feels like it was a little too ancient. Uh, I think that battle that was fought there happened before the High Republic, so I would, I'd be surprised to see Malachor. Octo has also been kind of off the charts for so long. Uh, I think that that'll be a different era of films where we are exploring the creation of the Jedi. I expect by the High Republic, Octo has been lost to time. I I mean we got those ruins and those those like old Jedi statues on Jeddah. I would be pretty sad if we didn't get any old Jeddah stuff because I feel like there's a lot to explore there. I totally agree. Give me like put those statues back up right. They're so Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. like Argonath. I, I love that. So yeah. Put them statues back up and let's go see what was happening 400 years before. Yeah. And I I don't know of a specific timeline for this, but I know in the visual dictionary of Rise of Skywalker, they talk about the um, Darth Tannis doing like being the one who originally learned how to weaponize kyber crystals. And that happened on Malachor. But that so, that's all like that's that that was a Jedi versus Sith fight. Yeah. And that's it, o- is that older? Right. Then like High Republic about? is supposed to be 400 years before the Skywalker saga, so the Sith have been extinct for uh 600 years. But we could see I I still think it would be very cool to see the the two rule of two Sith mm-hmm. and what they're up to and yeah, maybe they visit Malachor. So I wouldn't rule it out, but I don't think the Jedi are going to go there or anything. Jedi Spartan 38 asks how Palpatine was able to change his clothes when he sucked the life force out of Ben and Rey. I guess I'm like, he fully heals himself, makes himself maybe even more powerful than before. I feel like the clothes, to me, are the least egregious thing. (laughs) I'm going to bring something back that... It happened a long time ago. Hocus Pocus. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hear me Hocus out. Hocus Pocus explained. We're back. Hear me out. When the witches suck the life force out of children, not only do they look younger, their like clothing just magically looks nicer and fits nicer and they don't look so decrepit. Same magic. So not only did Palpatine learn from the witches of Dathomir, he also learned. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. So not only did Palpatine learn from the witches of Dathomir, he uh-huh. also learned from the witches in Hocus Pocus. Yes. How do you do that neat clothes thing? <laughs> yes. What? Stop it. <laughs> Riley18 wants to know where the Republic got all of its military vehicles for the Clone Wars. So, a variety of places. Like, a bunch of different corporations kind of threw in, created, manufactured the hardware itself. But I think the bigger question is, like, where did they get the funding for it? Because all of a sudden, the Republic is like, oh my gosh, we have a clone army and all of these vehicles for them to man. Mm -hmm. Guess we'll use them. I assume... The, the vehicles and the funding for them came from the same place as the clones did. And uh, once Palpatine took over the order from Sifo-Dyas, he probably 
put in a bunch of orders for tanks and ships and stuff. Or maybe Sifo-Dyas did that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there anything in there? Like, I'm trying to remember from stories about Dooku, about him funding any of that stuff. That would make sense because he's a count. He's very rich. Yeah, and him and his family and like where he comes from. I think there's lots of family, like rich families in Star Wars that just aren't really mentioned but are responsible for this kind of thing. Same thing like when we visit Canto Bight and they we find out that there's just like this part of Star Wars that's nothing but rich people that are giving money to the good guys and the bad guys. They're out there. They're just not really being talked about. I wonder if maybe like when sifo put in the clone order, it was just on a like, yeah, we'll pay you when it's done basis. And maybe that's the same thing is that like, yeah, we're, we're building an army and we'll pay you when all these vehicles are done in 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like the clones show up with all this gear and then a bunch of companies go up to the Republic and they're like, money, please. Like, <laughs> and, and they have no choice because they have no army. They mm-hmm. have to use it. So they're just writing a bunch of IOUs. Yeah, I mean, that is a subplot of the Clone Wars about the intergalactic banking clan getting more and more powerful because both sides of the war need more and more money. So I, I could see that being plausible. That's that's kind of where Star Wars and the Clone Wars gets into real world politics no. and, and problems. And, and once it starts to go there, I just tune out. <laughs> Why, you don't want politics in your Star Wars? <laughs> Not money, no. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> E.M. asks if Ezra is still alive since Ray didn't hear his voice at the end of Rise of Skywalker. I would like to think so, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll find out in the supposed next season of Rebels. Yeah, but I, I think that if they got Kanan's voice but not Ezra's, uh, then sure, I think he'd still be alive at this point. I would hope that Ahsoka and Sabine found him. Mm-hmm. And and then are we to assume Ahsoka is dead then? Or because I kind of think so. I mean, Dave Filoni has hinted that uh, that might not be the case, and I don't think she has to be to be part of those voices. But everyone else, every other voice is dead. Yeah, and she would be in her like seventies at that point. So. I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah. I mean, it, she's either dead or alive or it's something having to do with the world between worlds. And again, <laughs> movie magic. Yeah. She, I, I like the idea that she's alive, though, and she chimes in her two cents and all the dead people are like, hey, this is a dead person thing. Get, Get out, out of here. Of here. <laughs> That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.